Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you're tuning in from. Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are all here with me today. I've got a wonderful guest in store for you today. I'm really looking forward to bringing her on. So without any further ado, um, let's get started. Of course, as I always do, we'll start with a little section from my book, Everyday Awakening. Um, and so um, I'm just going to dive right into it. Um, so this section of the book is called Being Stuck is a Great Opportunity to Ponder Life More Deeply. Feeling stuck is an uncomfortable feeling. We all want to move forward, take action, and get on to the next big thing. Yet sometimes being stuck is exactly where we need to be. There is great information in being in that place of stuckness. Perhaps it is an indication that we can take a break. Perhaps it is a way for the universe to slow us down and give us some perspective. Maybe we need to be stuck every once in a while to remind us of what it's like and why we like moving forward more. There is so much to be learned from beings in a stuck place. If we are okay with not being comfortable in that place, give it some space and look at it with new eyes. Is there another way to go? Are we sure we want to continue on the path we're on? Is there a new direction or new journey we could take that would feel better for us? Are there things we have not yet considered about where we are that we could look at more deeply. Being stuck is one of the greatest pauses we can take to look around, reevaluate, and reconsider what we're doing or where we're going. So let's not waste the moment complaining about it. Let's use being stuck as the great opportunity it is to ponder and meditate on our situation more deeply. So where are you stuck in life? What opportunity lies there for you to see things deeper? So this section of my book I wrote, I don't know, a while ago. Um, and it kind of came to me, I think this was so much about me being stuck at the time, though I probably was. I probably... But I remember I was working with a client and they were like kind of stuck in their life. And so this just kind of came through me, this idea like, hey, you know, being stuck maybe ain't so bad. And then they kind of, I think, 
it triggered something in my mind and reflected back to me like, oh, yeah, like I remember that time when I was stuck. It actually gave me an opportunity to really think about things, reevaluate stuff, decide, am I really going in the right direction or not? So, um, so it, it just, it was something that I feel people don't really talk about. Like it's, nobody really talks about being stuck as like actually a good thing. Like everything we read about, we hear about, it's all about breaking through and pushing through and you got to get out of being stuck. And I'm like, I don't know. Is that really the best course of action? Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe we're being stuck for a reason. And I just feel like in this society, we're we're so much in this push, 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 go, 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 got to do more, got to be more productive, got to make your goals, got to do all that, that sometimes we just don't take into consideration that maybe taking a pause, maybe not moving forward at whatever particular point in time it is, maybe that actually is the best thing for us to do at the time. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, if, if we're coming up against some resistance that, that we should just drop everything and just sit there and meditate on the couch. That's not what I'm saying. But if we're in this place where we're trying to move forward and nothing is working, that maybe that's a time to step back, to reevaluate, to really look at what we're doing, what's going on, and see... Is there maybe a reason for us not to move forward, not to try and break through the resistance? And maybe it's about just totally going in a different direction. Maybe life is just trying to show us that if we keep going the way we're going, we're headed for a big breakdown. I cannot tell you how many people on my show, perhaps maybe today's guest might reflect this a little bit, um, that, you know, if we just keep going headlong down the way we think we should be going, that we're headed for a train wreck. And that sometimes just ending up in that stuck place is actually perfect for where we are in our life. So just something to consider. Uh, I, I, I hope this gives you a different per perspective on being stuck. And maybe next time we're stuck about something, maybe we can chill out and not be so upset and not get so stressed that we're stuck. And maybe we just sit back and consider, hmm, what can I learn from being stuck in this moment? You know, is being stuck in this trying to teach me something? Let me see. So an invitation for you. So if anything happens during the next week where you're stuck around something, let's reconsider, reevaluate, step back, take a different perspective and see, and you can let me know next week uh, uh, how you did. So that's um, this section from my book. The section is called Being Stuck is a Great Opportunity to Ponder Life More Deeply. And that's from my book, Everyday Awakening, which of course you can find on www.everydayawakeningbook.com which again takes you straight to the Amazon listing. But if you're like me and you love supporting the independent bookstores, just go to the bookstore, ask them to order it. We're in a major distributor, so any bookstore can get us. All right. Without further ado, I am truly excited 
to bring onto the show today an author, a speaker, coach, and much, much more, Beth Bell. A rising sales star turned marketing executive, Beth spent more than 16 years leading strategic brand planning and more for the pharmaceutical industry. But somewhere between C-level meetings and marketplace assessments, Beth began listening more closely to the world around and within her, which she heard led her eventually to ditch her corporate life to pursue her life's purpose of pollinating the planet with love. Mm, You know she's one of us. As her inward journey deepened, Beth became known as the flower whisperer and forged new paths, first as an entrepreneur designing silver jewelry in Bali, then as a radio-slash-TV host and author. Additionally, she's a multidimensional advisor for CEOs and psychedelic pharmaceutical companies, and we're here to talk about her new book, Angels, Herpes, and Psychedelics, um, which divulges her unlikely journey of spiritual awakening. Welcome to the Conscious Consult Hour, Beth. I am super excited to be here, and I really loved your your opening about about being stuck. Um, I, it's almost like it was perfectly planned for me as the flower whisperer, because one of the things that the flowers taught me well, many things, but was the lotus flower, and the lotus flower is stuck in the mud mm-hmm. and is divinely connected, right? Very connected, yes. and comes up through the mud, can't even probably access the sunlight, right? In deep in the mud. And comes out and just blossoms into this beautiful flower. So that's an analogy I often live by. So I thought it was great that that's what you started with from your book. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. I mean, I'm not cherry picking the sections of my book when I read them. It's actually just the next section yeah. in, in, in the book. I'm about five sevenths of the way through my book. Um, and And somehow they're just always perfect for whatever the conversation happens to be about. Um, and who the guest is that day. So, you know, I, I'm a big believer that, you know, life is actually perfect and it's just sometimes takes a little uh, uh, step back to see the perfection in life. Yes, I agree. So so we've got a couple of minutes before our first break. Um, so why don't you tell us, uh, I mean, you come from I don't want to say a traditional background, but you're you are a pretty quote unquote normal person in the beginning of life. Yeah, yeah, I was. I mean, I think anybody who knows me from my big pharma executive days is like, you're a what? A flower whisper? You're doing what? You know, it's like I can't even imagine that. And the people that know me today are like, wait, you did what? You worked for big pharma? Like, how is that possible? And so I actually really love that I have such a, a range and such a dichotomy of my my background. And, you know, we never really know um, what everything is for. And life happens, it unfolds. And I'm a big believer in taking the intuitive risks and the big jumps along the way. And a lot of times we don't know what they mean. Um, but when we follow our hearts and we just do it, um, we find ourselves, you know, in miraculous places. And so now I find it so amazing that I'm actually you know, leveraging my big pharma background and my, you know, 20 plus years of spiritual deep diving into the awakening journey to culminate into this book, but then also to be supporting psychedelics. And so, yeah, it's a mind blowing thing for me because I am the most anti-drug person and the least likely suspect to, uh, you know, think that they're going to try psychedelics. So 
So, so I want to just get into a little bit of the details because, I mean, this is one of the things that I really like to highlight when I bring such amazing guests on my show like yourself is sometimes people who see us when we're further along in their journey are like, wow, the person's amazing. They're so different than me. They're so unusual. Like, I can never be like that. But, you know, many of us, not all of us, some of us have been like weird ever since the day we were born, but but a lot of us like had very normal lives to start with. And then something happened that kind of brought us to this place of of this different awareness. And I'm wondering if, if you could maybe just quickly before the break, and then maybe we'll continue after the break to, to talk about like, what was it that sort of, I don't want to say woke you up, but sort of got you to stop and pause and and sort of shift from being this this pharma industry sales executive to the flower whisperer. Yeah, it's it's a long answer, but I'll say a couple of things shortly before the break. Um, as you know, and all your listeners know, we all get programmed, you know, from a young age about all these social mental constructs, societal ideas, um, family systems, you know, family lineages. And so I was running all those programs and, and, you know, I went to college, I checked all the boxes, I did all the things, got married to, you know, a, a beautiful person, um, a beautiful person in many ways, inside and out. Um, but I wasn't, I wasn't soulfully connected with that person. And we lived a beautiful life and had a lot in common. But what really took me onto, I always knew I was on a spiritual journey and I knew I was dampening that. But when I had the awakening kiss at 30,000 feet, it changed my life completely. And that was a big moment where my soul started quickening and I, I really started deep diving. So, so can you just maybe discuss what was that incident? Like, was it one thing or was it a gradual thing or was it several things? Like, what got you to stop and, and like just wake up to what was going on in your life? The awakening kiss at 30,000 feet. <laughs> it's uh, like kind of, a, kind of, it's kind of like the story of, um, what is it? The, 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 the prince that kisses the whatever. Um, I can't even think of the parable right now, but yeah. It's just that kisses the frog, you mean? Yeah, it was it, it was just a big moment where I could no longer lie to myself because in my body, I knew that there was something more. It, like, it connected me to source in a way that I had been kind of shoving down and stuffing down this connection because that made me not be the person that at the time my husband wanted me to be. So I was I was quieting my soul and you know and and I don't blame anybody it was just the journey I chose and it was the person I chose to be on it with me but after you know really just shoving myself down and 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 living the life that I thought I was supposed to live um once that kiss happened and it woke me up um there was no turning back and and I understood what being connected to my soul was and it had very little to do with the person that kissed me I mean you know it has something to do with that person of course but but it was really that that moment that my soul woke up and said, we are not sticking in this mold any longer. And from there, yeah, I got a divorce and um, eventually left my corporate life the first time and then went back to it and then left it again and, you know, lived internationally and moved to Bali and all those things we could talk about. Um, yeah. And just really was deep diving into my my spiritual journey. And I, I like to call it my soul quickening time in the early years because I just felt like I was I was just hungry for everything. I was reading everything and yeah, everything was, was amazing um, and still is. But at that time I was just surprised that this isn't on the news everywhere. Like how do we not know that science and spirituality are so interwoven? Um, yeah. So it led me down incredible roads of, of learning. 
Wonderful. Wonderful. Okay. So yeah, let, let's pick it up when we come back from the break. I'd like to hear a little bit more about sort of what was going on around that time and, and what happened after that kiss and, and what was it about that kiss that like, um, so, um, everyone, please stay tuned. I see Patty to checking in from Arizona today. Great to have you with us, Patty. Um, Please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern time here on talkradio.nyc and 10 a.m. on KMET in Palm Springs, California on Wednesdays. And, of course, all over the podcasting platforms, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, anywhere there are podcasts, you can find the Conscious Consultant Hour. And if you can't, let me know, and I'll make sure we'll get there. And we will be right back with our guest, Beth Bow, in just a moment. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. Um, just so people know, if you know, if it looks like I'm looking all over the place here and there, I'm having to engineer my own show for a change. Uh, unfortunately, my producer, Dylan, his internet went out this morning, which I can sympathize because my internet was out over the weekend and down until Tuesday and then dropped yesterday as well. So uh, it seems to be an issue these days. Anyway, getting back to my guest, Beth Bell, author of the book, Angels, herpes, and psychedelics, and we're going to get to where that title comes from. Um, so I just, oh, excuse me. So I just want to go back to that that awakening moment, that kiss at thirty thousand feet. 
Can you maybe give our audience just a little bit of context around it? And what was it that was so magical about that kiss that it caused you to really reevaluate and, and change the way you were approaching life? Well, you know, what I what happened was I realized that I was lying to myself. And that sounds like such a strong word because I, I don't really mean that I knew I was lying to myself because I didn't. I just I just kept sort of falling into the the ideation of what I, I thought marriage was supposed to be and what being a wife was supposed to be and how I was supposed to act. And um, and a lot of that, as I said before, I was really just kind of shoving down like the expression of my soul. And so when this gentleman kissed me, it was someone that I had met at a at a global leadership event and we had become friends and we just had this incredible connection. But I have to say, I didn't think it was romantic. Um, I was married and I take marriage very seriously and you know, my marriage vows and I'm not someone who really even flirts with people. So um, I didn't think that there was anything happening there. But what what was happening is that there was a connection that was undeniable and that I wanted to explore. And so I had an opportunity to ride uh, with this individual on their private jet across the United States. And and I'd ask my husband, you know, are you okay with this? Is this okay with, you know, and he said, absolutely. And so he wasn't the jealous type and, and the intentions were all, were all, you know, great. So yes, I jumped on the plane and, and, uh, and we got talking and, and we talked all about just how people, leadership skills, how, how we hired people. Um, and there was such an alignment and I just saw myself in him and it was something that I wasn't seeing in my husband. Um, I wasn't feeling as validated by my husband and I wasn't seeing being seen by my husband. And so when he leaned over and kissed me, it was just like fireworks, like went off in my entire body and every cell lit up. And while we could say, oh, that's just an affair, it's just a kiss. Well, I guess in a sense it was. Um, but for me, what happened at a cellular level was just undeniable. And it was, it was, it was a wake up kiss for me to have to go back to my, my hotel by myself, not, not, no more romantic exploration happened and lay there and go, I'm in the wrong marriage. I am not with the person that is here to hold my soul like a fragile egg. And I'm not here to do that for him because we're just misaligned on some really important principles. Now it doesn't mean he's a bad person. uh, Not at all. It just means that we weren't aligned. Um, he wasn't there to support my bigger mission in life. But that was hard because if anybody from the outside looked at us, we were sort of like the white picket fence. And, you know, like we both were from the Midwest and we had so many things that were in common and we liked a lot of the same things. So we were we were great companions. So it wasn't like an easy like, oh, yeah, I'm just I'm getting a divorce. But in the end, it was so easy simply because my soul was so clear. I heard it speak to me and I was not going to deny that I needed to make a move. And that was, yeah, a very difficult time in my life, but it catapulted everything else. And it's a really important point to make because from the outside, sometimes things look really great, right? They look like, oh, they, they, this couple, they're, they're, they're so perfect for each other. They're successful. They're happy. They're this, they're that. But we never really know what's going on inside of a person, do we? And, and, and so it's, it's really one of the things that I try, and it, it's always challenging to to really like step back and really look at situations with the eyes of of the fool, as they say, of of someone who doesn't know. Because we always like to think that we know what's going on. We like to think that we see things, but there's always a lot more going on underneath the surface that we don't necessarily see. 
Yes, for sure. And I also like to say that, you know, we create our own lives, as, as you know, and the listeners know. And so I brought him in as a character into my life for a very important reason. And sometimes we do that. Sometimes we bring characters in just so we can break out of it, right? Um, right. Because that's part of the lesson. That's part of the learning. Um, and it, yeah, it was part of my journey and, and taking my power back. That's really what it came down to, really speaking my own truth and speaking my voice and not fitting in to someone else's. And I'm not saying that I was some meek woman in the marriage. I wasn't. I was still a very strong person. I was working a big corporate job. and um, But it was that validation part and that real soul connection part that I was missing. And I like to encourage people to, hey, like really look at your soul contracts with people. And is it over? Because a lot of times we stay in these relationships when the soul contract is done. And at that point, that relationship is just is just pulling us, you know, backwards, as opposed to catapulting us forward or being that that really stable relationship to to help hold us. So, yeah, I like to challenge people to just look at their relationships and say, hey, you know, what is this? What is this person's relationship to me, whether it's a spouse, a lover, a brother or a friend? Right. Or and maybe that relationship needs to transform. Like, like maybe it's not necessarily means that there needs to be an end to the relationship, but maybe the type of relationship or the way you're relating to each other needs to transform into something different to really be supportive moving forward to the to our own evolution and change. Absolutely. It's about getting the lesson that we ask them to help us learn. And that's where we have soul contracts with everyone and every relationship is here for our awakening. And it's just about getting the lessons. Because look, if you leave someone and you didn't get the lesson, you're going to marry someone else or be with someone else that has the same darn problem. Oh, my God. I've had so many yeah. clients come to me and it's like, how come I'm seeing the same kind of person I saw last time? I'm like, yeah, how come? It's, yeah. it's like until we get the lessons, we're going to attract the same energy, the same kind of person, the same type of situation. It might look a little different on the outside. It might superficially seem different. But underneath, the energetic quality of it is still going to be the same. Absolutely. So. So then let me ask you, so how did you go from being this corporate person to the flower whisperer? <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting story, right? Well, I I knew walking up the stairs one day at my office that I needed to take a break. It was like one of those moments where spirit said, either you take a break or we're going to make you take a break. You know, and a lot of people do wait for that big clobber over the head, the illness, the accident, the death, the, you know, whatever it is. And so I, I just said, okay, all right, I get it. And so I ended up um, taking what I what I like to call a self-created sabbatical. Um, I did end up resigning from the organization, but I, I, I took off, went to Costa Rica. It was all divinely guided and aligned and then spent nine months um, traveling around the world, spending time at each place so I could integrate myself into the culture. And, um, and during that time, um, I really really started to build my relationship with flowers. I had bought a camera, started photographing them. And that that was actually back in my corporate life because I, I knew I needed to meditate. So I, I, but I'd sit down for 15 minutes and I would end up being like, wait, like I can't get that 15 minutes back. And I could have gotten so much more done. And I'm like, and I didn't even quiet my mind, you know, it's like, ah, so the universe got a nice camera in my hands because this was back when we didn't have iPhones and we, we didn't have any iPhone and we didn't have good, you know, cameras like that. So I had this big Nikon camera, was in Hawaii, started photographing flowers and just was mesmerized by not only their beauty, but their essence and their energy. And I just was photographing for hours and hours and hours. Well, fast forward, I realized that was just the universe's sneaky little way of getting me to meditate, right? It was observational flower photography. 
So as I was photographing the flower, I was quieting my mind. And then as I quieted my mind, my soul spoke through the flowers. And I would just get these little download messages. They were always fun and encouraging and and great little, you know, great little snippets of um, wisdom, if you will. And while I say that they come from the flowers, and then that's how I became known as the flower whisperer, getting the messages out, they really are just from our higher self, you know, from source, from from Mother Nature as a whole. And yeah, and then that just really went on kind of steroids, if you will, moving to Bali eventually, where I where I really understood the power of Mother Nature in a whole new way, um, you know, way beyond the flowers. So yeah, so that's kind of how that happened was the flowers became my my teacher, quieting my mind, helping me connect to my soul, eventually walking up the stairs at work and saying, I need to take a break, just making an intuitive jump, going to Costa Rica and then di- different places around the world, um, and then coming back to corporate. So yeah, so it was a really interesting, interesting journey. Um, and, and then eventually jumping out of corporate completely and, and being where I am now. So yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of stories in between there, but I'll leave it back to you. I'm sure. I'm sure. Where we're going to, where we're going to go on that. Yeah. So, um, I do want to start talking about the book. Um, we just got a couple of minutes before the next break, but the title of your book is angels, herpes, and psychedelics. So I'd just like to break down, like, where did each of those words come from the title? So let's just start with angels. And 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 then if we need to break, then we'll we'll come back to it after the break. But but why angels? Where did angels come into you? I'm trying to do my quick version. First of all, spirit told me this was the title, and I was like, "Are you kidding me?" I'm saying herpes and psychedelics. Like I could have gotten angels. Like that was okay. That was palatable at the time. But I was like, seriously. And spirit said, "Yes, seriously." And so angels is on there because we have celestial angels and we have terrestrial earth angels, and we're never alone. And so I like to encourage people to just be in touch with those celestial angels, but also to just recognize the earth angels that we really have here to help support us. So that's that's a big part of the angels bit. Um, I also talk in the book about how I had an encounter with five angels that showed up in my living room. So that's also a fun one. Um, and then, yeah, and then herpes. Oh, I want to hear more about that after the break. <laughs> okay, and then herpes is um, a, a very personal, vulnerable story that I share about myself. But I share it because a big part of the book is about helping people to get to their trauma. Big T, little T, we've all got trauma. We all have those core wounds and getting to them and blowing them up and getting rid of shame, guilt, fear, um, and moving into the bliss of divine oneness. So um, that's why herpes is on there. And I would say herpes is on there because I think viruses of the mind are the most important thing right now for all of us to be, to be working on. Um, and then psychedelics is on there because I had an amazing, um, amazing experience with psychedelics. I'm an absolute no drug policy girl and knowing the power of plants and flowers ended up doing plant-based medicines, which led me into the psychedelics. And I understood that we can embody all of these intellectual concepts that we have in our spiritual journey to a whole nother. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Level of awakening. And so, yeah, it's led me to be a psychedelic spokesperson. And I have lots of things to talk about when it comes to psychedelics. Um, and really unexpectedly, because I just Wonderful. never thought I would I would be that type of person. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, what I'd like to do is, although as much as I would love to spend time talking about all three of them, I would love to come back here a little bit more about angels and then talk about the psychedelics a little bit more, especially because the last two shows have been you know, about shamanism and psychedelics. So I think this kind of carries the theme through uh, for, for February. So um, we got to take a break. When we come back, I want to hear about those five angels that visited you. So everyone, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. Our guest this hour is Beth Bell, author of the book, angels, herpes, and psychedelics, and we'll be right back to learn about those in just a moment. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. Okay, Beth, 
So you got me all excited. I want to hear this story about the five angels visiting in your bedroom, uh, and then we'll move on to how you got into psychedelics. Okay. Yeah. Well, it was at a time where I had moved out of the marital home. I was living in a an apartment, and uh, I was in the throes of the divorce, and my soon-to-be ex-husband asked me if I would come and stay at the house with our chocolate lab, who I absolutely adored and loved. And so as much as it was difficult for me to step back into the marital home, I said, I said, absolutely, I would love to to spend some time with her. And I was laying on the sofa, actually, in the living room, and I was reading a book. The book was uh, Mindful Loving, John Bradshaw. So nothing to do with spirits, nothing to do with angels. And I, I was sitting there, and all of a sudden, I just felt this presence in the room. And it was like over the top of my book, I saw these five people standing there, and but it was an interesting way to see them because it was like they were a little bit like translucent, but you could see them as like legit people. And they had all had on flannel shirts and blue jeans. And so immediately I was like, oh, my God, am I losing my mind? Like, what is this? And so what, what they said to me, so I felt the energy come in. I recognized that there was five of them. And then uh, I, I just kind of was like had that petrified moment of, oh, my goodness. And this big swoosh of energy swept from my head to my toes because I had my feet up on the sofa as I was sitting there reading the book, just just swooshed through me. And they just said, keep going. And I was like, oh, because, you know, leaving my husband was a big deal. It was a big deal to leave my husband. And I felt like, you know, as a as someone on a spiritual awakening journey, why can't I bring them with? Like, what does that say about me? Like that I'm leaving something, you know, my brothers and sisters behind. And I, so I, I did, you know, even though I was super clear on leaving, I questioned and I questioned and I questioned and I was like, oh, am I doing the right thing? You know, is there something I could be doing differently to bring this person along with me? And so it came at that perfect time. And they just said, you're doing the right thing. Keep going. Those were the words. You're doing the right thing. Keep going. And I was just like, wow. And so then I, you know, I, I questioned myself after that. I called myself crazy. I said it was my imagination. You know, I went, went through the whole gamut and then eventually just came to the place where I knew that I was communicating with my guides. And while I didn't have names for them and I didn't have specifics, um, I could tell when they were present and with me. And so it was sort of like so in my face that I couldn't ignore that there really are angels. Um, and they, they can actually show up. I don't think that for many people they often do, but in that case you did. And I've not seen them in that physical form. I don't, I don't recall ever seeing them in that physical form again. So it was oh, a okay. one time wonder that they came in, but I definitely, uh, feel their energy. I, I definitely feel them with me. Okay. Yeah. That was going to be my next question is if you've been able to feel or connect to their energy afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's why in part of the book, you know, it's like angels in blue jeans. It's like, we don't expect that. We don't expect to show up in flannel shirts and blue jeans, but they often do show up in a way that is palatable for us so that we're, so that we're receptive to, to what they have to share with us. And so that was, it was a beautiful, beautiful experience. And, And it also catapulted me into using angel cards. You know, I would use them every day for, for messages and just to help clear my mind and just to hear things you know, with more clarity, um, you know, many, many years ago. So yeah, it was a great, a great way to get me in, in touch with my higher self and, and all my spirit guides. Yeah, it's so fascinating. I mean, I've had a number of people on my show come on over the, over the last 12 years to talk about encounters with spirit and angels and different things. Um, and, and it, and, you know, sometimes I forget that it is such a rare thing, but you know, the truth is, 
many more people have had encounters with with what we would call angels than we realize because people don't talk about it, right? Because you sound crazy when you see these things. But I remember seeing something in the an article in the papers or online several years ago that said that like 70% of the country, I think it was just the United States, but 70% of the country actually believe in angels. That's a yeah. pretty high percentage. So it's, yeah. it's not surprising that at least a few of us have had encounters. I've never seen an angel as much as I would love to, um, but uh, I have had many, many people come on the show talk about it. I wonder. I wonder of the seventy percent, how many of them know that they can actually speak to the angels? You know, I think mm. there's a lot of people that believe in them, but that to not know. And and I think maybe that's another thing that I should say is that I was always scared of who, not who was going to walk through my door. I was always scared of the spirits and the entities, but I had not ever wanted to explore it because I don't know something about the Ouija board when I was growing up like scared me. I mean, yes, yes. But so like the darker side. And so I think those angels showing up was my opening to to see the other realms in a different way. And I've had many encounters with lots of different entities and spirits on the other side since then, not necessarily those five, but I think it's what helped me step through to not be scared. Uh, I see. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I grew up, uh, you know, in the seventies as well. And you know, back then there were all kinds of stories of things that happened with Ouija board. So it, uh, you know, kind of taught you to be a little careful at least, but also it did, did does have a certain amount of fear to it. All right. I want to move on um, to, um, as you said, like you were always very sort of against using substances and stuff. So how did you come to try psychedelics? Yeah. Well, that's an interesting story. Um, other than the occasional, you know, alcohol drink, I not even marijuana. Uh, I just like was so anti-drug. And, and part of that was, you know, I didn't want to lose touch with reality. I didn't want to lose my mind. Um, and what happened was a friend of mine uh, was diagnosed with breast cancer. She ended up trying MDMA and had an amazing experience. And it changed the entire trajectory of her breast cancer experience. Um, she said, Beth, I really think you should try this. And I said, yeah, thanks. I don't think so. I said, I, I, I think I got this, you know, like I'm, I'm good. Um, I, I'd been, you know, deep diving for 20 years and I thought the last thing I want to do is undo all these, all these things that I've learned and done. And again, like who wants to lose their mind? Right. So, um, that was, you know, my reaction. And then, then she offered to me, um, about San Pedro that she was going to a San Pedro ceremony and, and, uh, and so I said, okay, great. And I went and picked her up and took her there. And, and then I was interviewing Louis Schwartzberg on a show that I was doing about pollinating planet with love. And Louis is the producer of uh, uh, Fantastic Fungi and the documentary. Oh. And so, and he also does all the, he's a famous time-lapse cinematographer. He does all the slow release flower imagery. So I want to talk all about flowers. He wanted to talk all about mushrooms. <laughs> and then, and then I thought, well, let me ask him because I trust him. Let me ask him about ayahuasca and San Pedro and what he thinks. And he said, Beth, if you ever get an opportunity in the right set and setting, I would highly encourage you to try or psilocybin, you know, to try these plant-based medicines. So I walked away from the interview that day thinking, oh, I don't know, you know, maybe. And then just as I was editing his episode, um, another opportunity to do San Pedro came forward. And I said, you know what? I think, I think this, this is an alignment, a synchronicity. I'm going to, I'm going to say yes to this. And I just, I felt it, you know, you have to feel the discernment within your own soul that it's the right place, the right set, the right server, or right set setting and server. And I knew all those 
things were there and so that I would be in a safe place. And so I signed up to do it. And that's that was my gateway in. Um, and San Pedro for me was just an incredible, soft um, medicine. I, I mm-hmm. A lot of people purge. I, I didn't purge, but it's not good or bad. I just didn't on on, on that first journey and, and had just a really incredible experience. And how long ago was that, that experience? Uh, a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, yeah, it's been a couple of years ago. So in many, many respects, I'm still uh, somewhat of a newbie to some of the, the psychedelics. But yeah, I want to say like maybe three years ago. Um, okay. Yeah. And but it was at a yeah, go ahead. Um, so I was just going to ask you because, you know, you included it in the title. So when did you decide that you were going to write a book? And 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 sort of I'm curious about sort of the genesis of, of where this book came from. I was sitting in my rocking chair one day and, you know, I always wanted to write a book, but I wanted to write, you know, the five habits, the three tips, the, you know what I mean? Like I wanted to be the, I wanted to be the expert. I wanted to, I wanted the wisdom. (laughs) Um, And, uh, and then I was sitting in my rocking chair one day and spirit said, you know, you're going to write a book about the stories of your life. And I was like, yeah, no. And there was like, yeah, yes. And I was like, oh no. And, and then it was like, and the title's going to be Angels, Herpes, and Psychedelics. And I was just like, oh, my God, what are you asking me to do? And and then the directive was so, so clear to grab my pencil, which I rarely use, and my white notebook. And I sat there and within an hour had written down, at the time, I wrote 12 chapters. Not not the chapters themselves, of course, but just the outline of what it, what it could be. And now it ended up being 22 chapters. But I was like, yeah, I'm writing this book, and it's divinely guided, and I need to just stay on that that path of just letting my higher self guide whatever it is that I'm supposed to share in this book. And I share way more than I would have ever thought if somebody would have asked me, are you going to write a book and say that? And no, never. But um, yeah, but my nevers are always, they always turn out to be the things that I end up doing. So never say yeah. never. say always or never. Because <laughs> it always comes back to you. I, I imagine it, it was kind of difficult um, to actually kind of pour yourself through knowing that this was going to kind of go out and be public. Let, let's take our break. This will be our last break of the show before we finish up. And when we come back, I want to just talk about sort of the process of 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 putting all this stuff down on paper and sort of reviewing it and what that was like for you, okay? Awesome. So everyone, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Weakening Humanity. We've been speaking this hour with Beth Bell, author of the book, Angels, Herpes, and Psychedelics. And we will be right back to finish up with her in just a moment. Hey, everybody. It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? 
Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Okay, Beth. So I'm curious. You got this title that you didn't want to use. You, your guidance, you know, spirit kind of guided you to put all this stuff down on paper that you didn't necessarily want to share. So what was it like? I mean, was it challenging? Was it easy? Was it, was it, did you have a lot of fear around coming out with this book, actually writing all these stories and telling people all this very personal stuff about your life? Well, I think one of the things that I was worried about was being misunderstood. And I think when we are standing naked, you know, our fear, all of our fears is that people will throw stones at us and, you know, make judgments. And so it wasn't that I didn't really want to share it. It was, I guess I, I initially worried about the backlash of it and what people would, would think of me. And, um, but yet it didn't matter. You know, there was like this interesting thing happening for me where my mind would come in and, and cre- you know, create the fear and say, oh, why aren't you worried about this? And then it was like my spirit, my soul would come in and say, and don't worry about that. And I'm like, of course I wouldn't worry about that. Okay. So it was kind of this banter back and forth. Um, and, and then I got tested many times. Um, I got tested with my publisher about the title. I got tested, you know, um, with a relationship I was in, um, you know, basically why can't you just be normal, stop writing this book and, you know, and, and get a corporate job, you know, and yet, and I was doing the opposite, like spirit was clear, like you need to dedicate a majority of your time to this book. And so I did in writing it, there felt like, like, it wasn't that, it wasn't that time mattered, but it felt like there was a sense of urgency. And so I just sat and I wrote and I didn't necessarily write it from front to back. I wrote whichever, whichever stories felt like they were coming through at that time. And yeah, so it was a really great process. And and I think one of the interesting things, because people often ask me, well, you know, did, so did you learn a lot about yourself, you know, writing the book? And I was like, well, actually, I feel like I've learned so much about myself with all the different healing modalities and all the deep dives that I did, you know, living in Bali and being in Ubud, where it's like the, you know, the Disneyland of everything spiritual. Um, I had done so much of the work and I had un- unraveled so much of my mind and built such a strong toolbox that writing the book wasn't difficult at all because I felt like I had already processed a lot of those stories. But the beauty for me was I felt like I could share, like, here's what happened and here's what happened. You know, like here was this, here was the third dimensional storyline. And then here was the, you know, fifth dimensional plus higher things that happened that guided me to be able to release those pain bodies, to release 
um, you know, anything that wasn't serving my higher good to blow up those programs and to, to let go of limiting beliefs. And so, so I just walk people through, you know, where I came from and my awakening journey with the hope of encouraging others to either dive deep into their own. And if they're already on their deep dive to keep going, because it can get bumpy along the way, you know, there's yeah, a lot of things just about, oh my goodness, like, what am I doing? Um, and yet, you know, your soul is driving it, but the external environment doesn't always support it. People that you love don't always support it because it's just, it's not their way and they're not who you are. And so that can be sometimes a lonely journey. And so I also felt inspired to write the book for all of us as, you know, awakening agents out there to shine our light brighter and to, to keep doing the work and to keep going and to, and to share our stories with others because once you release the charge, you know, like I, I know this wasn't one of the topics we were going to talk about, but once you release the charge behind herpes, like mm -hmm. it's nothing. It's, you know, they're all mind viruses. And the the amount of, you know, whatever, I think the numbers are 450 million people that have re reported herpes, but, you know, people wow. saying that it's like 60 to 70% of the population. Right. Um, people are suffering. People, yes. people don't have sex because of this. People don't. Right intimacy people don't have touch people don't right. people don't move on with their life because they're stuck in the trauma of that so that's just one little example of you know one of the many stories in the book but it's like people now is the time we need to break through this stuff because there is no right. reason to suffer anymore we have we have a, you know a, a toolbox that we can use but we do have to fine-tune the tools and we have to bring new ones in at times and we have to find the ones that work for us because not just because exactly. the tool works for someone else doesn't mean it works for us and we just have to be open to finding the things that actually work for us and it doesn't matter whether it's herpes or any other kind of exactly. quote, quote virus you know whether you're any trauma, suffering. any trauma big teeth right. little any any core wound any pain body that happened to you in this lifetime in your childhood in a previous life i mean you name it you're holding it and why not let it go right, right. let it exactly. go surrender into the bliss of divine oneness right exactly exactly so the book has been out a little while i'm just curious real quick what has been the reaction to the book what what kind of feedback have you gotten from people after reading the book it's been amazing. I, I just, I'm, I feel so blessed that, that I, uh, if you look at any of the Amazon reviews, you'll see that the people have really taken it to heart and really looked at it from their life's lens, which is exactly what I wanted people to do. It's really not about me. Of course, the stories are about me, but the stories are intended to help people look at their own life, look at their own stories and join together. And if there's a pearl of wisdom that they can learn from something that I learned or something that I did, um, that's, that's what brings my heart joy. So it's, it's definitely happening. I I've had people call me from all over the world and I had a shop in Bali, um, uh, an actual brick and mortar shop on Monkey Forest Road where I sold all my products, the Blossom List Bali products. And, and so I have people from all over the world who, who are, you know, getting in touch. And now I'm like, yes, I get the pollinating the planet with love. You know, I mean, that's been my mission for so long, but it's like the planet. It's like, isn't that kind of a big goal? And I'm like, I know the universe just made it easy because by having that shop there and having people come to me from all over in the world um, to come to the shop and, you know, and have products that are now infiltrated. Yeah. And, and to now have this book that's out there and, and people finding me like, oh, yeah, I know you from your shop or, oh, yeah, I know you from my corporate life or, oh, you know, so it's been um, a really, really fascinating and fun journey to see how it's impacting others. Wonderful. So real quick, we just got a couple of minutes before I have to start signing off, but I do want to talk about you being a multidimensional advisor 
um, to CEOs and C-suite executives. I would just love for you to talk about what does that mean and, and what are you really trying to do with, in that role? Yeah, well, it's it's actually a longer answer, but I'm going to try to make it short that um, it's really to help CEOs. I can use my pharmaceutical background. So in some cases, I'm helping with personal branding. Sometimes I'm helping with company branding, but I'm really helping to bring the intention behind the their products and or services for awakening, right? And so sometimes that means advising CEOs on their own awakening journey. Right. Um, in some cases, it's ghostwriting their story. Um, so it, it comes in, in in very different ways, um, but I do believe that I'm here to, as as I think all of your listeners are, as awakening agents. But I'm here to help with the CEOs because it's sort of where I come from. So I'm helping CEOs see their life and their their awakening journey. But the book is also out there helping you know everyone else, and so it's kind of like taking this approach of you know the top and and everybody you know and swirling everybody together and saying no, we're all in this together. We're all on the awakening journey. And Absolutely. We yeah. Yeah, totally, totally. And I think if anything, these last two, two, three years have been sort of a lesson in how interconnected the whole world is and how we really can't separate ourselves from the rest of the planet, that we're so much a part of everything that's happening around us. Yes. Yeah. And wonderful. So I really applaud you for what you're doing. Real quickly, do you find CEOs are open to this kind of message now? Do you find that there's easier to get that foot in the door maybe than it was 15, 20 years ago? Yeah, because the suffering is at an all-time high for a lot of people. And, and, you know, unfortunately, as humans, a lot of times we have to be on our knees before we actually ask for another way. And the other way is always there. So I just say, don't get on your knees, you know, like, (laughs) you know, find the other way now. And and that's also where I think psychedelics can come in and really help people just pattern disrupt and, you know, shut up at default mode network and get them into into a different, um, you know, back to their unlimited possibilities and increasing neuroplasticity. So, so yeah, I think now is the time when CEOs are more open. Is everybody open at the same level? No. No. But if they come into contact with me, they're open enough that we can make we can make a difference together so that's the beauty absolutely absolutely wonderful beth wonderful well thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show today it's been a pleasure to have you i look forward to many more conversations around this on air and off air um real quickly if people want to learn more about you get in touch with you find you find your book where do they go bethbell.me so me mm-hmm. they can also get the first two chapters for free um, another great resource is on my YouTube channel. So at, at Beth Bell Live, I post a lot of resources. There's also a Bliss Book Club where you can come in and, and have more conversations about your life, but also use the stories in the book. And so, yeah, the book club is a lot of fun to be part of. Um, but BethBell.me is the best place to go and find all of the all of the happenings. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, Beth, thank you so much. I look forward to joining you on the West Coast shortly as uh my listeners know I am going to be out in the San Diego area for about six weeks, starting the beginning of March. Um, but uh, I, I look forward to seeing you then. Yes. Thank you, Sam. Thank you for everything you do for humanity. I look forward to seeing you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And of course, thank you, my loyal listeners, for tuning in each week. Without you, there's no show. I so appreciate you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please let me know. Please feel free to share your thoughts on the YouTube page at uh, youtube.com slash talking alternative, or um, feel free to email me, sam at theconsciousconsultant.com. 
Thank you all for tuning in. We will talk to you all next week. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Say goodbye to your credit card 
card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.